0: Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of Daily in the Word. I am Rich Chassie, your host and teacher. I'm glad that you're with us today and I hope that you're having a great week. Actually, as I'm recording this, it's the end of the week and I realize that some people as they're listening to this, it might be the beginning of the week or the middle of the week, that's the thing about podcasts. Either way, I hope that you're having a great week or that you will have a great week and I'm glad that you're here with us as today we are looking at Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 18 and going through the end of the chapter in verse 25. And once again, we have some foundational information that's given to us here about the creation of man and woman, and also the creation of marriage, and the naming of the animals. Let's go ahead and dive right in. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Now, in this portion of the Scriptures, we have a few things that are very foundational. God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. So this is the first time we see the phrase, where God says something wasn't good, and for the man to be alone, that wasn't good. And so he said he was going to make a helper suitable for him. Now, understand, the the word suitable here means corresponding to. God wanted to create someone, Eve, that would be corresponding to him. And so as male corresponds to female and female corresponds to male— physically, emotionally, in every way. They they fit together. They correspond together. And then God also uses the word helper here. And this is by no means demeaning of women. Understand that the word helper, or that God is our help in time of need, that's a word that describes not only God in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament— Description of the Holy Spirit. He is the helper whom Jesus sends after Jesus goes into heaven. So it's perfectly wonderful for women to be called a helper for man. They correspond to each other. It is something that should be celebrated, it is something that should be identified, and certainly in our culture today people struggle with in both in the feminist movement and in the gender identity movements and things that are going on with that today none of those things make sense in light of the creation account and how God has created us now in verse 19 God is fashioning all the wild animals and the birds and so forth out of the ground and he brings the animals to man to see what Adam would name them this is a picture of Adam's dominion over God's creation in that Adam was responsible for naming each of the different living creatures. Adam gives names to all the livestock and the birds and the wild animals and so forth. It's interesting to, to think about, was it possible in the original creation that Adam and the animals were able to communicate? We have that idea with the fictional Dr. Doolittle able to communicate with the animals. Was that something that Adam was able to do? Where does the idea of being able to communicate with animals come from? An interesting thing. Are we going to be able to communicate with animals in heaven? All of that would just be speculation. I think it's fun to think about those kind of things from time to time, but not for too long. Either way, Adam gives names to all the animals, and no suitable, no corresponding animal was found for Adam. He was still lonely, and that was still a problem, and so the Lord God caused the man to fall asleep. Here's your first surgery ever, if you will, although this is quite unique. I don't think any doctor has ever operated on a man and able to create a woman out of it. So he's sleeping, and God takes one of the ribs out of Adam and repairs the the wound and makes a woman from the rib. So she is made out of the rib of man, and then she's also made with apparent age as well. She's created with age, corresponding adult to adult, Adam and Eve, and the man takes one look at her and says, whoa, man. That's a bad joke, woman. (laughs) So the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And it's a beautiful picture of the combining of the two, of man and woman in this unique relationship called marriage. And again, marriage is something that God has created. It goes all the way back to the creation account It is not something that government controls or government can have authority over. We got mixed up in our nation because the government started authorizing or licensing marriages. Where did that come from? What a mess we have created in doing that, looking to the government to provide some sense of authority over what God has created Marriage should be something that is ordained by God. It is. It's not that it should be. It is ordained by God. And the government has no authority over that or no licensing authority over that. The idea that we have to go to the government in order to get permission, if you will, to marry or to get a license to marry, that shouldn't be. There should be. The government should have no say in that whatsoever. Now, Adam says, this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And then in verse 24, we have this statement. It's almost as if Moses is now giving a commentary about the uniqueness of marriage, going back to Adam and Eve. This wasn't something that was spoken to Adam because Adam didn't have a father and mother. When Moses says, verse 24, that is why a man leaves his father and mother, he's talking about things after the fact. So now Moses gives this commentary, and it is inspired of the Holy Spirit. This is certainly the Word of God, just as all of the creation account is. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife And they become one flesh. This is the leave and cleave principle. The old King James word is cleave. That is why a man leaves his father and cleaves unto his wife. The leave and cleave principle in marriage is that husband and wife need to leave, not just physically leave, but leave emotionally, leave in terms of who has authority over the relationship The husband and wife come together and form now a new family. And it's not that they're no longer related to father and mother or that they can't have a good and fulfilling relationship with father and mother. That's absolutely still, in a sense, a goal of of any relationship, that it would be good and fulfilling and honoring. We still need to honor our parents, regardless of whether we are under their household, under their authority, any more but husband and wife when they marry they are to leave their previous household and they are to cleave unto each other to unite with each other and form this new family where there would be new children uh, into that family and they become one flesh and the one flesh principle is so important to understand in the marriage relationship, we get so much clarification throughout the rest of the scriptures. As Paul teaches about this, as Jesus teaches about this as well, the principle of one flesh, that when two people come together in that marriage relationship, as God has designed God has designed that the sexual relationship is meant for husband and wife alone and not in any way outside of that relationship. Not before marriage, not outside of marriage, not through pornography, not through, not in any other way. It's just between husband and wife. And when they live in that way, they become one flesh and the goal of that relationship, when when they come together and they unite in that way, they become one flesh. It's not that they're becoming one flesh. As soon as they unite in that way as husband and wife, they are already one flesh. It is the intimacy that is the goal of that relationship between husband and wife, that they would be so united to each other, that they would know each other inside and out. That intimacy, by the way, is the same goal in our relationship with our Heavenly Father, because we want to grow in our knowledge and understanding of him, to know him as he knows us. Now, we'll never arrive at that. The Lord God knows us more intimately, knows more about us than we even know of ourselves, because we believe false things about our own selves. But as we grow in our relationship with our Heavenly Father, we grow in that intimacy with Him, we get to know Him in a more personal and intimate way as we grow and mature in our relationship with Him. And that picture is what is at mind here between husband and wife, that when they unite together in the marriage bond, in the marriage relationship, they become one flesh and they grow together for the rest of their marriage. They grow together in love and in intimacy and all of that. And that is what is broken when we step outside of God's design for marriage and the sexual relationship. Now, in verse 25, Moses says here, Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Now, this is... Figuratively, but the idea that Adam and Eve were naked is another way of saying that Adam and Eve were sinless. Now they were literally naked and it caused them no shame. They didn't think anything of it because they were innocent, because they were at this point sinless. Now that's going to change in the next chapter as we get into that next time here on daily in the word. But for the end of today, Verse 25, Adam and Eve, both naked, both sinless, feeling no shame. And what a wonderful atmosphere. What a wonderful situation that Adam and Eve had. What a wonderful dynamic to live in the Garden of Eden with everything available to you, being able to communicate and live with God in that perfect relationship and then to have it spoiled because of their sinfulness. But we're not there yet, so let's let them enjoy that for the time being. But tomorrow, we're going to come into chapter 3 and see all of it messed up. But let's go ahead and end there for today, and let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the creation of Adam and Eve and for the marriage relationship. So many of us have been able to enjoy our marriages and enjoy the relationship that you have given in marriage. And I know that there are many other people who have struggled in their marriages and struggled in that relationship. And I pray that you would cause them to come to you and to grow in their relationship with you, and then allow that to provide an opportunity to repair and to bring that marriage relationship to where you intended it to be. That a husband would love his wife for a lifetime, that a wife would love her husband for a lifetime, and that those two together with their children would form this family relationship that God you have created from the beginning lord this was all your idea before governments ever stepped in before sin creeped in marriage and the family was your plan your design from the beginning lord may we honor that and may we live our lives in pursuit of your original design for marriage and the family So, Lord, we love you, and we praise you, and we thank you for all that you have given us, including the animal kingdom. We thank you for that, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks again for listening today on Daily in the Word. Again, I hope that you enjoy these times together. I know I certainly do, and I look forward each day to meeting with you in this way. I'm not able to see you face-to-face or to really receive any feedback in that way, but I know that you're there. I know that you're listening, and I hope that you enjoy it, and I hope that you're sharing it with your friends as well. All right, so I hope that you have a great day and a great rest of your week, and we'll see you again next time here on Daily in the Word. So long and take care.